Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from our special guest. but they don't realize it because they you know they're 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 looking for the fire they're they're looking to be zapped or they're looking you know for the thunder and it it, it isn't like that it's it's a still small voice okay i don't want to keep any spiritual secrets from you tonight i want to equip you amen you know and uh because there's nothing there's nothing, I don't want to, I don't want to call it more funner, but Pam knows, Pam knows I, when I, when I hear from God, you know, and she hears from God, she hears from God as much as I hear from God, uh, but it's just a feeling of uh, exuberance, uh, confidence, you know, so, uh, yeah, Pamela, Pamela and I are just happy to be here. You, you can be seated. Uh, it's my opportunity, my, my turn to stand now, right? But uh, there's such a special bond uh, for Pamela and I and uh, the Love and Truth Church and the Love and Truth campuses because we, you know, uh, we feel like we're, well, we are family. And uh, it is just so special for uh, her and I to be here and uh, just to see what God has done over these last 39 years that we've been in love and fellowship and covenant with uh, Bishop Eddie and Sherry and Mama Couples just I mean we go so far back and, and just to watch what God has done. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about uh, leadership. You know, how, how blessed you are to have the great leadership of... Uh, he, he is a bit bishop. You know, he's an apostle. He's a, an apostle is a spiritual father. And that's who uh, my good friend Eddie is. And uh, when we were in Charlotte, he served on our board of directors and was just an incredible blessing to our church over there. And uh, boy, he, him and Sherry are just, uh, they're just, they're just the best of the best. You don't have to ever, you know, wondering where they're at, what they're doing. <laughs> they're, the, they're the real deal the real deal and then it, it shows forth in the leadership that they raise up the pastors that's just amazing I mean uh, uh, pastor well 
Pastor Jeff is uh, goes all the way back. We all we go all the way back, and uh, and you know, for him to be a part of this great ministry, I know you all are blessed to have Pastor Jeff and Tammy B- Butler, and then you've got you've got AJ, and you've got uh, Pastor AJ, and you've got Crystal, and then uh, you've got uh, Helson. And uh, I forgot his wife's name. Andrea. Yeah, we're going to be there Sunday. And uh, have I forgot any? Well, you got, yeah, and you got Pastor Scott, too. In Craneville, Big Bob. You got Big Bob's big boy. Up in Craneville, Illinois. Just wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, so, Pam, do you want to say something? Huh? You do? Wow. Okay. Trust me, I listen to her. What what would you like to say, Sister Pam? I had asked him last night, I said, please don't have me say anything, but it's because I know our time is short in the midweek service, and sometimes he tells me I go too long, so, (laughs) but I won't be long tonight, I will be very short. I actually wanted to share a dream that I had. Um, Lloyd and I pastored a church that we founded in Charlotte, we started it a little over 20 years ago. We pastored there for 17 years, and then God called us away from there about five years ago. And Pastor Eddie, I think he just said that, was on our board. And so he had actually came in for our last board meeting. And of two nights before he came, and Lloyd, you're going to be my witness, have I ever shared a dream in 40 years, ever? I don't think you've had a dream in Don't be foolish. I'm being serious. (laughs) I've never done that, okay? Because I'm not one to have spiritual dreams or anything like that. But I had a dream. And it was about this church. Not any other love and truth. God's moving in all love and truth. I know that. But it was about the Savannah location. And I had never, ever been here. And it was so powerful that the day before Pastor Eddie come in, because I'm not one to share, but I shared it with him. He may not remember because it's been five years ago. But two days ago, the Lord reminded me of that dream again. And it was just a dream of a mighty revival hitting Savannah. And I thought this building, I thought the building was packed to capacity. I thought it was standing room only, that people were lined up leaning against the walls just to get in the door. God is doing something special here. And you have such wonderful pastors. I just, I don't know them well, but I I know them by the Spirit. And then last night, just being in the room with them, they're special. God is doing something great here. And don't take it for granted. And it's going to be like that river that we just passed by, that Tennessee River. It's going to come, and you're not going to know where it started, and it's not going to end. Amen. Until the Lord comes. God bless y'all. Yes, yes. Let's just go to a heavenly place here. Just the thought of you. Makes me love you even more Every day reminds me of your grace 
Okay, hey, we go. Hey, we go. Okay, hey, we got a gift for you tonight. Uh, pick one up. We brought this for you. No charge, okay? All right, just go pick it up. This is Pam and I's gift to you because it's not going to be long and you're not going to be able to buy these. And you're going to look around, you don't have a CD player. And you're going to say, boy, I wish I had a gut. That prophet Lloyd just gave me that. Great songs on it that we wrote. Uh, we wrote all the songs along with, I think, my brother-in-law, David Huff, wrote, uh, co-wrote some of them with me. We wrote a great song called Here's My Heart. It was a number one hit all over the world. Not only on Christian radio, but it was... Rock and roll and everything. It was just a smash hit. So many people got saved out of that. And uh, here's my heart. It's on here. So we're giving this to you, okay? Uh, anybody heard of Phil Driscoll? Sure, you all. Phil just uh, is recording a brand new project. And uh, he's recording Here's My Heart. And he's doing a great smash-up job on it. So make sure you pick that up after church. Amen. Didn't you enjoy my wife? Wasn't that great? Okay, so you're ready to go here? Ready to go here? All right. Uh, Paul talks in Ephesians chapter 6. He names all the different pieces of armor. And, and, and then, you know, he names the different pieces of the armor of God. The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. Uh... The sword of the Spirit, take that. Have your, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And then he just goes into this gear of just emphatic. But above all, in Hebrews 6, and, Ephesians 6 and 16, he said, Above all, take the shield of faith so you're able to quench, stop all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, above all means what? It means preeminence. Above all, right? You know, don't, don't take it for granted. He said, above all. And uh, so, you, you know that in ancient times when, a, when, a, when a, especially a mother was sending her son off to war, uh, her charge to him was either, either come home with your shield or come home upon your shield. In other words, what she was saying was, I'd rather see you dead with your shield than alive without your shield. So that's why Paul was emphatically stressing, take above all the shield of faith so you're able to, to stop all the fiery darts of the enemy. Faith is so important, and we're going we're gonna to look at it for a few moments tonight, okay? And then we're going to use her worship God in faith. We're going to get a baptism of the Holy Spirit in faith. We're going to get physical miracles in faith. Amen. Are you with me here tonight? Amen. So faith is so important and I'll remind you like I did before. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that you don't have faith. That is a lie. You have faith. You know how much faith you have? The Bible says in Romans 12 and 3, he has given to everyone the measure of faith. How much is a measure? It's enough. It's enough. That's it. 
What's enough? Enough. Okay, so enough with this. Enough with you thinking you don't have enough faith for a miracle or a breakthrough or to get a blessing. Amen? You've got the measure, and that measure is enough. Now, the reason why this is so important, because, because Jesus asked a pointed question in Luke 18 and 8. He said, when I return to the earth, will the Son of Man find faith upon the earth? So that's what he was saying. Look, when I return to gather up my bride and bring her back to heaven, the question or the thing that I'm going to be looking for above everything is your faith. And then there was an incident happened in John the ninth chapter where, where this man who was blind was healed. Okay? And then after he was healed... He went and testifying about it. That healer from Nazareth healed me. Well, guess what that did for him? That got him excommunicated from the religious sect. And so he goes to Jesus. Maybe his faith is hurt. And he goes back to Jesus to tell his story. You know, Jesus, you healed me. But I thought it was all going to be celebrations and I thought everybody was going to be celebrating me but when I told them who healed me they disfellowshipped me I lost friends I lost family members all because I told them you healed me now you would think that Jesus would put his arms around and say it's going to be all right it's going to be all right but that's not what he did Jesus stuck to the script of identifying and keeping your face secure. And so that's why Jesus asked the man a pointed question after he, after he was healed. He's basically saying, look, yeah, you got this fellowship. You got excommunicated. We all have our crosses to bear. But he said, I want to know above everything. And in John 9 and 35, he said, I want to know, do you believe that I'm still he? Do you believe on the Son of God? I'm sorry that you got excommunicated, but that's not in the forefront of my mind. Do you still believe? Or is this disfellowship, this test, this trial, this loss, is it going to steal your faith from you? Faith is so important, ladies and gentlemen. With it, you can move mountains. And it it's works. Faith is almost like I've seen faith work in my life like this spiritual navigation guide. Why wouldn't it? Because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. There's times that I've been led by the Spirit, but then there's other times that I've been led by faith. When the Spirit leads, you just hear this voice behind you saying, this is the way. But sometimes faith takes over, and you just have to walk by faith. But there's one thing that I found out about faith. Faith will never lead you astray. 
Faith will never lead you to a dead end. Faith connected to the Holy Spirit knows what road to take, knows when to walk, knows when to stop. It knows what to do in every sector of your life. In Luke, or was it Luke? No, it was, uh, it, it was Matthew 15. Uh, this incredible incident took place, starting at the 21st verse, where a woman from Cana comes to Jesus Christ, and Jesus is sitting there with his disciples, and they're just shooting the breeze or probably talking revelation. But all of a sudden, this woman comes into his midst and she comes right up to him and she says, my daughter is at home sick and tormented of demons. Now, she's coming to him with a request. She wants him to speak the word so her daughter will be healed. When you come to Jesus, whether it's tonight, down here, or whatever, there's only two avenues you're going to walk on. You're going to walk on the avenue of faith, or you're going to walk on the avenue of feelings. And many times, you don't even know it, but Jesus is testing you. Because God can't heal, deliver, save, or anything through feelings. He can only minister to you and meet your need through faith. You must believe. And I really think that Jesus dramatized this event that I'm telling you about because he knew that the ages and ages and ages would read in the Holy Word this incredible story because it is such a mighty revelation in my life. When she comes to him, she's coming on behalf of her daughter. He, he might have spotted her out of his peripheral vision. But when she comes in his mind, he's going to test her to see what avenue she's walking up to him in. Is she walking to him in faith? Or is she just coming out of, I'm all broken hearted. I don't know how much longer I can hold on. My heart is broken because my daughter is sick and, and I, I just don't know what to do. Because however sad that is, that still is not going to touch the hem of his garment. You've got to come in faith. So somehow, you're going to have to be able to rise above your dilemma tonight. Rise above so you can focus your faith on his name and his power. If you just sit here and just think about all your problems and don't rise above to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit with your faith... Nothing good, nothing's going to take place tonight. 
So Jesus was testing her. Test one. He's got to see if, is she coming for, out of feelings or is she coming in faith? Test one. The, you know what the scripture says when you read it in Matthew, uh, was it Matthew 15? I gave you. Uh, the scripture says that he ignored her. When she said, Master, my, sir, my daughter is sick and tormented of devils, the scripture says he ignored her like she wasn't even there. Now, see, if you come by feelings, that would have already turned you off on him. You would have turned around and you would have left. And you would have left mad and you probably would have threw the towel in on Jesus. And you probably would have said things that you'll regret later. I'm not going back to that church. There's no love there. There's no, they didn't hit me. They ignore me. Jesus ignored me. But he had to do it in order to see and discern what avenue she was coming to him on. Because Jesus knows I can't help her if she's just going to focus on the problem. I've got, to, I've got to see if she's coming out of feelings or by faith. First test, he ignored her. Now remember, five minutes ago I told you about faith. It knows exactly what to do. Faith is connected to the Spirit. Here's the other thing. Faith will never be denied. Feelings will be denied. Feelings will give up. Feelings will be offended. Feelings won't even pass the first test. But faith, oh no. No, 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 no. You can ignore faith. Faith won't even be offended if you ignored it. Faith is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. So faith will take your mind, it will take your spirit, and it will whisper in your ear. And all of a sudden, you're going to have the same impression that woman had. Because do you know what happened after that? She made one request. And she didn't mention it to him again. He ignored her. And faith rerouted her. And faith just impressed upon her. Get on, his, get on your knees. And that's what she did. She just got on her knees. And her faith told her, don't ask no more. Worship him. And so all she did was she began to worship and just I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. And the test wasn't even over because he's going to test her on another level. He's going to go from ignoring her to actually insulting her. Because while she was worshiping him after being ignored while she was worshiping him. He looks out of the corner of his eye in front of the disciples and just opens up his mouth and says, Lady, don't you know that it's not good to take the children's bread and, and throw it to the little dogs? He basically called her a dog. Boy, lady, if you can get by, if you can get past this test, 
I believe you'll get a miracle. Wow. You see, so many times we wonder, God, why is people talking about me? Why are they lying about me? Maybe God's allowing them to. To get you out of that little world of hurt feelings. So you can get into the realm of faith and be untouchable and unstoppable. It's not good to give you, you're just a dog. I can't. But faith will never be denied and faith will not be offended. (laughs) She looked up and looked up at him and said, yes, Lord, what you're saying is right. But even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. See, only faith can talk like that. Only faith can give that kind of a response. Only faith has that kind of an answer. (laughs) That's one of the greatest stories I've ever, ever read in the Bible right there. It's one of the greatest revelations of faith. Oh, my God. Then Jesus answered and said to her, Oh, woman, great is your faith. In other words, test over. You pass with flying colors. Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Y'all still with me? Oh, this is powerful. This is... Like one of the greatest, you say, Lloyd, what's the greatest revelation you ever heard in faith? I think it's this right here. It's, it's this, combined with Ephesians 6. Do you know why Paul said, above all, take the shield of faith? You know why he said that? In the Bible, there are many graces, right? Graces. Everybody say graces. There's, there's the, that's what I call them. I call them grace. There's, I, there's a grace of love. There's the grace of patience. How many know people, I mean, she's just so patient. She's blessed with the grace of patience. There are, there are people that in the kingdom of God that are blessed with, with, with the grace of compassion. Oh, she, he has so much compassion. That's a grace. There's, there's a grace of giving. They just give and give and give. They give their money. They give their time. They just give. That's a grace. And then there's, there's other Christians that are just so blessed with forgiveness. They got the grace of forgiveness. These are all beautiful graces. But do you know one thing they all have in common? They all have feelings. And anything with feelings can be hurt, can be offended, can be almost destroyed. 
And so you've got all these beautiful graces, grace of prayer, grace of intercession, grace of giving, grace of compassion, grace of long-suffering, grace of forgiveness, all these graces. But if you don't have something to protect these graces, they won't stand against the fiery darts of the wicked one. They will be destroyed. And if you just try to walk with God, through one of these graces, I'm just going to walk with God, and, and I'm just going to be victorious every day through the grace of patience. I don't care how strong that grace is, it won't survive. One of these days, your patience is going to run out. And all that patience you've been holding in is coming out. And you're going to go up one side of them and down the other. And you're going to backslide on God. Hello, somebody. Why did Paul say, above all, take the shield of faith? Because faith is the only grace that does not have feelings. You can't offend it. (laughs) You can't discourage it. It doesn't care what you say. You can ignore it. It will worship God. You can call it a dog. It's going to get the crumbs. You see, that's why Paul said, above all, take the shield of faith. Because it's your captain grace and it protects all these other graces that are very sensitive and that have feelings. There are people that are not in church tonight around this beautiful region. They haven't been in church in weeks and months and years. You know why? They got offended. One of their graces got offended. Oh, if they had had that shield out in front of them, if they had been just walking by faith, they would have been here tonight. And those graces would have been protected. Talking about faith. Matthew the 8th chapter. Jesus is on the boat. Sailing one night. Getting some rest. And while he was sleeping. The Bible says a great storm come up. And the winds begin to blow. The boat begin to rock. And water begin to crash up against the sea. So greatly that the disciples became afraid. And Peter said, you better go wake Jesus because if we don't get a miracle out here, we're, gonna lie, we're all going to perish. And they go and we, they, they scramble, they wake Jesus up. And, and you know, Jesus, I, I don't believe he jumped up to his feet. I don't believe he started screaming, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? I believe he just said, y'all go on up, I'll be up there in a couple. Jesus walks up on deck, and and the Bible says that all the disciples were fearing and trembling. Fearing and trembling. Why? Well, because they were afraid. They weren't full of faith. They were full of fear. (laughs) And then Jesus looks at them, and they weren't lying. The boat was rocking. The waves was crashing, and, you know, the wind was blowing. But all of a sudden, Jesus just looks at them and says, Why 
are you so fearful? He looked him right in the eye. Why are you so fearful? And then he said this, O ye of When I was a kid growing up in Canada, we used to sing that song, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, faith, faith. We, we thought, well, that's so powerful. We just sung it. We didn't even know that, that God, Jesus is rebuking them for have little faith. And somebody comes along speaking in tongues, Holy Ghost, and Holy Roller, and writes a song, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. That's not a compliment that Jesus was given. This was like a reproving, wasn't it? Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? That lets me know that's the place where fear come in to sink their spirits. And that's why they were just thought, our life is over. Why? Because they had little faith. Little faith. Here's the thing about little faith. There's a principle. Little faith gets little results. Little results get little praise. And little praise gets little overcoming. Because we overcome by the word of our blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's not what you understand about God that's going to make the difference between you walking in fear and walking by faith, but it's what you believe about God. Did you hear that? You don't, God's ways are above your ways. Y'all still with me? God's thoughts are, I'm telling you, this is a great night, so hang in here. God's thoughts are above your thoughts. So, I'd be a fool to try to say, all right, my journey is to understand God's ways and God's thinking. You're not going to do it. It's not what you understand about God that's going to make the difference between victory and defeat, but it's what you believe. Does that make sense? It's what you believe about God. I don't understand God saying, let there be light. I don't know all the details of all that, but I believe he said it. I don't understand. It blows my mind. My mind can't comprehend him, Jesus, walking up to the tomb of Lazarus and just opening up his mouth and saying, Lazarus, come. From the dead. I don't understand it, but I believe it. See, all these things, it's not about understanding. It's just believing. The Bible says, and that's, and that's another thing. The Bible says God, God came to Abraham and Sarah and said, Your prayer's been heard. You're going to have a son. Abraham was 99 years old. She was pushing that too. And she laughed. And the Lord said, is there anything impossible with me? Is there anything too hard for me? And, and, then, and then God prophesied to Abraham and Sarah. He said, look, at the time appointed, I'm going to return to you. And Sarah's going to conceive and have a son. And then it says... Abraham staggered not at the promises of God, 
but was fully persuaded that what God had promised. See, see, there's nothing. Abraham's not saying, I understand. He's saying, no, I'm persuaded that it's going to happen. I believe that it's going to happen. I'm not going to ask God how he's going to do it. I'm just going to believe that he's going to do it. But I'm fully persuaded that what God promised, he is going to perform. Does that make sense? But on another case, in, in, in Luke, the first or second chapter, Zacharias, the priest in the temple, was praying for his wife Elizabeth to have a son. He prayed. And an angel appeared to him and said, Zacharias, your, uh, Zacharias, your prayer has been heard. Whose prayer? Whose prayer? Who started the ball rolling? Zacharias. Zacharias prayed for his wife to have a son. See, that's another thing. That's another whole lesson. Anybody can pray. We pray for a Rolls Royce every day. We pray for to be out of debt every day. We pray for perfect health every day. But we don't believe it. We just pray. We just pray because that's what we're supposed to do. But we've missed the whole point. Because Jesus said, believe that you receive when you pray. We don't, we don't, we don't go into the receiving. We go in, we just talk, 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 and ask, 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 and pray, pray, pray. Oh, we believe, but we don't receive. And that was the problem of Zacharias. He started the wheels turning in heaven. And see, you don't take your prayer seriously, but God does. Because you're his son and his daughter. He takes every time you call on him, that's my daughter. Every time, oh, that's my son. He's listening to you 24-7. He's heard everything you've asked for. The only problem is you haven't believed it. You haven't believed your own prayer. You've asked for so much, but you haven't believed it. Zacharias prayed for his wife to have a son and God sends his top-ranking angel, Gabriel. He said, go down and prophesy to Zacharias. He's in the temple right now burning incense. Go on down there and tell him his prayer has been heard. And boom, here comes the angel. He appears, his feet's not even touching the ground. He's standing in midair and he said, Zacharias, I'm here sent from God. I have a prophetic word. What is it? Your prayer's been heard. They would have had to drag me out of there. I would have been, I would have, my God, I would have been, I would have been, oh boy, oh boy, it would have been crazy. But Zacharias is standing there and said, your prayer's been heard. Your wife is going to have a baby. It's going to be a boy like you wanted. You're going to call his name John. He's going to be mighty among God's people. He's going to be blessed. He's going to be a forerunner of the kingdom of God. What do you think, Zacharias? He should have been running all over the building, man. But Zacharias stood there and said, how is this going to happen? That's right. That's what he said. How is this going to happen? I mean, read it. This is what he said. He said, I'm old. She's old. See? <laughs> See, 
let me, let me just kind of bring this down to a close. I'm not even half through, but I'm going to kind of bring it down to what God wants to do for you and I tonight and tomorrow and the next day. If you're going to see the supernatural, and God wants you to see it. God wants you to see supernatural events in your life. Absolutely. He, he, he wants you to see it as much as he wants me to see it. He doesn't want to bless me more than he wants to bless you. Because he has no favorites. I'm no better than you. See? So he wants to bless you, young man, as much as he wants to bless me. He wants to show himself mighty in your life. How many would love to see in the next six weeks just, just I mean, unexplainable but undeniable breakthroughs in your life would you like to see that oh i want to see it don't you want to see it well then you're gonna you're gonna have to do something though you're gonna have to dismiss two counselors out of your life you're gonna have to rebuke them tonight and say you're going tonight and you're never gonna return to my mind again Two counselors that you're going to have to dismiss. Because these two counselors fight and talk you out of miracles all the time. You know who they are? Sense and reason. That's right. Sense and reason. You're going to have to get rid of sense and reason. You know why? Because faith makes no sense. to take mud and spit on it rub it in a man's blind eyes and say, now go wash and he washes it I, I can see that don't make any sense faith makes no sense Naaman oh well I'm a captain I'm a dignitary <laughs> I'm a static warrior here okay sir you want a healing from leprosy? Yes. Go dip seven times in the muddiest river around called the River of Jordan. Don't ask questions. Just do it. Because faith don't make any sense. And don't halfway do it. Do it all seven times. <laughs> he dips once and all he sees is mud. He dips twice and he's just getting more muddy. He dips three times and just getting more muddy. He dips four and sense is trying to talk to him and say, you're a fool. Look at you. All you're doing, when they hear about this, the captain of the Syrian army, you're, you're out here in your, in your public uniform and you're just getting filthy in that but something said, keep dipping, keep dipping, keep dipping. Don't give up. Four, five, six, seven. On the seventh time, he come up. There was no leprosy. His skin was pure. The Bible says, like baby skin. You're going to have to get rid of sense and reason. My wife had a dream about this church. Saw revival. Saw revival. When I walked in here, I saw something in a vision. I'll share it in just a minute. It just, just happened. You're going to have to get rid of sense and reason. Because faith makes no sense. 
and it gives no reason. How are you going to do it, God? I'm not going to give you that reason. When are you going to do it? I'm not going to reason with you. You're either just going to have to trust me. Trust me that I know what I'm doing. Trust my perfect timing. Trust me that I'm going before you. Trust me, trust me, trust me that I'm never going to leave you. Trust me, trust me that I'm with you. Last thing I'll share. I believe it was Acts 12 where Peter was in prison. The Bible says that he was laid between two soldiers and his feet and hands were were chained. That's a pretty good imprisonment. I mean, he just wasn't in a cell. He was laid out on a board chained with his hands and feet and there was a guard on each side of him and there was a guard at the cell door and on the other side. Now the people were praying at midnight and at midnight God looks at his angel and says, Go down. Wow. Tell me there's an anointing here right now. He says, go down. It's the perfect timing. You know why it was the perfect timing? Because Peter had gone to sleep. You know what that is significant of? That's real, real powerful. Because many times, as long as you and I are awake, God can't work. Because we're all the time questioning him. God, why? God, how? God, when? Why why am I going through this? How are you going to help me? When are you going to help me? That carnal mind is awake, warning against the spirit. And God's going to answer the church's prayer. And so it's very significant that they prayed at. It's like the Holy Ghost said, don't pray in the day, pray at midnight. Because that's when deliverance will come. Because Peter will be snoring. His mind will be asleep and it won't be awake fighting me and doubting me. I believe there's a scripture that says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Why would he put that there? I believe the Lord let me know he does some of the greatest work while I'm asleep. Because the Bible says he never sleeps. He never slumbers. And so when I go to bed at night now, I not only say, now I lay me down to sleep. I say, God, 
I'm expecting the miracles to take place while I'm sleeping. Because old Lloyd and his old carnal mind is not going to be awake to argue with you. So Peter's asleep. And all of a sudden, a guard appears. I mean, an angel appears. And he walks over to Peter while he was asleep. And he slaps him in the side. He didn't tickle his ears. He didn't just stroke a little his. And now, Peter, you're going to be shocked. But I'm an angel. I was sent from God. Don't, don't make any sudden moves. It's going to be scary if you open your eyes right now. I'm going to gently, gently massage you awake. Because we got to get out of here. Huh? We got to get out of here. So you're going to feel my hand just sort of massage in the back of your neck. He didn't do that. He didn't do it. If he had just stroked him awake, that would have blew the whole miracle. He was asleep. And the Bible says the angel struck him on the side. Struck him. He didn't tickle him. He struck him. And all of a sudden, Peter reacted out of shock. Opens up his eyes. And he opens up his eyes. But he's still asleep. And that's good. That's good. Because the angel was talking to his spirit man, not his carnal mind. And when he opened up his eyes, the angel said, jump up. And the spirit man jumped up. And when he did, the Bible says the chains fell off of him. And then he said, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I'm following you. But Peter was still asleep. He's sleepwalking. And when they reached the cell door, it opens up. And deliverance came. The last thing I'll say is this. Everything that will happen in your life comes through and by faith. You ought to go to sleep every night expecting miracles while you sleep. Get rid of sense and reason. Stop walking by your feelings. It's time to be strong in the Lord. When I drove up here tonight, the Lord said, I have destroyed a gossiping spirit over this region. Did you hear that? And I don't call no pastor and say, no, what's going on up there? What's going I don't know. I don't do that. Because I've done this so many years. I know how to hear from God. I know how to just adjust my thinking, adjust my mind to simplicity. To simplicity. Not trying to psych myself out. Just get in the realm of a childlike faith. Oh, come on, stand to your feet. Come to the music here, team. Oh, Tharabo Shanda. Come on, I, I want us to all receive tonight something from God. I know we're pressed for time here. It's 829. But I want us to receive. It's not difficult. 
That's the problem. It's so simple that we made it difficult to hear from God. We made it hard. We made it hard. Just turn them down a little bit, please. Turn it down softly. Thank you. It's not difficult. How do you hear from God? I just... I just released my faith. I realized I got the faith. I got the faith. And I just begin to focus on God. Begin to think on God. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to hear names like God gives me and all that stuff and all that. God has ordained me to be a prophet, not just a prophesier. All are prophesiers. But I'm a prophet. And that's a special office. It's the same way with a bishop or a pastor, right? These are all offices, but everybody can be a priest of their home, a pastor in their home, but yet that's not the office of that. Amen? But I want to release something here tonight in the Holy Ghost. I want you all to come down here with me right now. Just everybody. Everybody. And if you're lame in your body, you can sit in the front seat on the front row, okay? But just come on down. Just make that one unity here tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. See, I don't, I don't do this to entertain or anything like that. And it's not about calling names. That's not what it's about. Oh, he called names tonight. I do that in restaurants. I've done that on airplanes. Four years ago, I was flying from Dallas to Sacramento. I was... I don't know, I was in first class. They might have put me up, bumped me up. I was in first class and 757, over 300 passengers on there. And I'm just, I'm going to the bathroom. Well, I'm in first class. They had a first class restroom. But when I stood up, the Holy Spirit said, go to the back restroom. And <laughs> as God is my witness, I don't exaggerate. I don't make up stories, okay? But these events sound so outlandish, but I'm telling you, I've experienced them before God. And take you to the person. <laughs> he lives in New Orleans. I go back to the back of the plane. And, of course, you have to stand in line. I'm thinking, God, you must have sent me here because I could have taken four steps because I was sitting in first class. But you told me to come back here. I'm standing there. I've seen this gentleman standing ahead of me. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, tap him on the shoulder. Pam, you know the whole story, what I'm talking about. Tap him on the shoulder. 
Come here, because he was, he was bigger than you. Turn around back to me. <laughs> Don't look. <laughs> Holy Spirit said, tap him on the shoulder. And I tap him on the shoulder. And the man never turned around. And he was bigger than me. So I had to get right in here. And I said, excuse me, sir. And he replied, hmm. I said, the Holy Spirit just told me to tell you, hmm, that you're a world changer. I'm trying to think of everything I told. I said, uh, I said, man, I said, you're going to. I, I wish I don't even remember everything because this, this was so I just prophesied to him and, and I said uh, you're going you're gonna to minister to kings and presidents and you're going to be a mover and shaker around the world in politics and finance and everything and uh, I said uh, something about Africa And he turned around to me, he said, uh, where are you sitting? I said, I'm in first class. Okay. He said, let's talk when I get off the plane. So I get off my plane and waited for him, and there he comes, and we start walking. And he, we just start walking, and he said, well, he said, everything you told me was spot on. He said, I just got back from Africa, meeting with Desmond Bishop, Desmond Tutu. And he's telling me all these things. I mean, just blow my mind. He said, everything you told me has been the truth. I, I, uh, um, I wish I could remember. I know, I know, I know Bill and Hillary Clinton. I met Ronald Reagan. I uh, know Donald Trump. This was this was four years ago, and he's telling me all these things. And, and uh, I mean, I'm not even. I can't even remember everything. But it was just crazy, prophetic utterance. And him and I became best friends. And uh, his brother, I'll just tell you this: his brother is the Secretary of Defense under Joe Biden. Now, whatever you think of that, that's, that's up to you, but that's his brother, okay? And uh, it's just amazing. Some of the things I can't even tell what God did. It's just incredible. I've seen God do, and, and here's, here's why I'm telling you this. It was just simplicity, just simplicity. You just, just God's presence, and all ones just start hearing from God, hearing from Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.